You're listening to the Extra Podcast from Northview Community Church in Abbotsford, B.C. Today we hear from Pastor Jeff about what it means to be a healthy disciple, a healthy local church, and why we multiply that. All right, my name is Adam Wormald. I am the Director of Communications here at Northview. For those of you that don't know, I'm here with Jeff Bucknam. Hi, Adam. Hi. Hi. And, of course, Stephanie is producing today. Hello, everybody. Stephanie has her own microphone today. Yeah, this is all we have Stephanie, today. how many times have you had a microphone? This will be my second time. What? <laughs> wow. So the first time must have gone remarkably well. I it, made everybody laugh. They loved you me. You You're did. here for the comedic relief to <laughs> yeah. butt in if Jeff and I yeah. get into a heated argument. Stephanie's great, by the way. She's just absolutely delightful. And uh, I woke up at 3.30 this morning and I couldn't <laughs> go back to bed. Did that ever happen to you? Yeah. Uh, not often. It happens to my wife well, often. Well, I w- want you to know that this is your future. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. When you get in your 40s, for some reason, sometimes you just wake up into your I- I- 3 in the morning, 3.30. Yeah. Yep. And you just start thinking about everything that could go wrong. And yeah. you, then you that, freak out. That usually happens to me when I get into bed at 10 or 11. Okay. And then I lie awake till 1. <laughs> yeah. And then I have to pace around and stretch yeah. and do different yeah. things. And then I, I always find asleep. it a great moment to pray. Yeah. That's usually what yeah. happens. I'm pretty good. My kids get me up still a couple times a night. And I'm pretty good at getting back to sleep real quick. Yes. You have some of the cutest kids on the planet. Thank you. You do. I, I agree. <laughs> they are pretty great. Um, yeah. How was Christmas for everybody? Jeff, did you have a good break? Did you get yeah, some time off? You preached 100 sermons on Christmas Eve. Uh, yeah. You or six. It, you made it through. But yeah. Yeah, I made it through. It was good. I, I enjoy Christmas Eve a lot. I find it halfway through or whatever. I wonder if it ever is going to end. After mm-hmm. you do three, you're like, okay, wait, I'm halfway done. And then the fourth one, you're not sure Don't what you have... said. But then the fifth one, you're thinking to yourself, okay, I only have this one. And once this one's done, then it, the last one's just whatever. So that's the way I think about it. And so once I got done with the fifth one, I almost felt like I had a party. And then the sixth one, I was just like, uh, which, by the way, this is one of my favorite services, the last service that we have on Christmas Eve. It's not as many people there. And mostly... Uh, You've been drinking a lot yeah, of eggnog yeah, you know, in the back. In the <laughs> Yeah, I've been sauced up a bit, and uh, I just finally am like, yeah, okay, so however long this goes is how long it goes. You can shut that clock off. because we're, yeah. we're having a midnight vigil, Christmas yeah, Eve good service. Fun. Good uh, fun. Stephanie, how about you? Have a good, uh, good break? I did. I get to spend Christmas with um, different families because my family all moved to the prairies. All right. So I had Christmas brunch with one family, Christmas dinner with another, and then I got to experience a Kenyan Christmas on Boxing Day, which was a lot of fun. Wow. Not with Ezra. Actually, Ezra was there. Oh, interesting. So yeah. it's like a, a gathering of What Kenyans? do they do at Kenyan Christmas? Ezra's not here today, but what, is it, what do they do? What does a Kenyan Christmas look like? Um, they eat amazing traditional food, and then... Ugali. Yes. Oh, I don't like Ugali. <laughs> If you don't know what ugali is, it's uh, it's like a like cornmeal or uh, yeah, cornmeal, yeah, cornmeal that is just got is it boiled? I don't know. Yes. It's just put in a big wad and you use it to dip into the sauces and the meats and the stuff on your on your plate. So you have it in your hand the whole time, yeah. and you just kind of use it. So what it, you're saying is it's, it's a no less taste. good version of pita and tzatziki. Yes, okay. but no, yeah, yeah. They have a version of naan though. I'm okay. sorry, I can't yeah, remember right. what it's called, yeah. but it's really good. Yeah. So, yeah. So then they all eat, and that takes 
like a few hours once they get all the kids and all the parents through. And then um, we sang Christmas carols as a group. And then they switched into Swahili praise and worship songs. And you sang right along. Um, I tried. Good. (laughs) That's so cool, man. It's so cool that there's such a great uh, Kenyan community here. Seriously, it's so great. I've been spent a little time with Ezra and some of his friends, and it's just awesome. It's one of the beautiful parts of you know, multicultural cities like Abbotsford yeah. is that you get to have a, you know, a slice of different cultures and different places. Mm-hmm. I've always wondered what it's like to spend uh, Christmas with you know, people from other parts of the world. When I lived in other parts of the world, it was their traditions were so different. New Zealand, the, the Christmas happens on, uh, it's a summer day. Mm-hmm. So you play back, backyard cricket and... Uh, you have finger foods a lot of times. Nobody, I mean, like nobody would cook a turkey or ham. Like that yeah. would be just so weird. <laughs> but a lot of barbecues, a lot of sausages on the barbecue, mm-hmm. and then uh, Boxing Day is always at the beach. So yeah. very different. Yeah. You know what's funny is uh, Stephanie and I were just talking with Ezra. Apparently, he had two Japanese students over the Christmas break, only for like four days, right over Christmas Day. Whoa! And it's this program where they come to experience a Canadian Christmas, and that just <laughs> made me laugh, thinking like they they. Did they really experience a Canadian <laughs> Christmas, or are they really confused now? Like, yeah, we they eat we, ugali. Yeah, <laughs> really interesting in Canada. No, that's yeah. funny. They got to meet some of the friendliest Canadians. That's oh, yeah, certain lovely folks. Yeah. They are. Um, in between Christmas and New Year's, we did a sort of uh, our young emerging leaders preached uh, at the various services on the yeah. December twenty eighth, twenty ninth. Let's rank them, shall we? Can we rank them, Jeff? Who yeah. who is our you know? Well, let's work from the bottom up. Okay. Yeah. Freddie. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I saw Freddie's. Oh. So he's got to go to the top of my list because he's the only one I saw. Okay. So top of your list. I yeah. saw them all. Freddie, bottom. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Those of you who don't know Freddie, uh, you can probably figure out what he's like. He, he was on the podcast recently. So if you missed it, just look back a, bundle, a couple weeks. He is a bundle of energy and opinion. And it's he's great yeah. uh, in small doses. <laughs> And so I've traveled with him and uh, nearly killed myself about halfway <laughs> in the plane. <laughs> but he uh, he's great and gifted guy, right? I mean, he's going to yeah. have um, a good future in ministry, um, I think. Uh, I think that uh, Luke Friesen, he did some. Yeah, I, heard I saw him, him in at, East Abbotsford. Yeah, he did a great yeah. job out there. Yeah. And then we had, uh, actually, I, I sat outside of the West Court at, at Downs Road Campus listening yeah. to Sean Hildebrand. Yeah. Who I thought did a great job, um, and I really I really appreciated what he had to say. And uh, I think those are the only three that I was able to hear. Where I, yeah. I spread myself around to those three, and I think David Hildebrand was up in Mission. I did not hear his, but I heard great things about it. And uh, Daniel Markin was out at Tri City. Yeah, I asked him about that. Why do we know why he was there and not? Don't they have an immerse? Student? Yeah, they do. But he preaches David, who's out. David Kelso, who's out there. He uh, does. Some he preaches another time, so okay, yeah. So Daniel is available on that weekend, so it was really cool. And then Dwight, I think, did a Sunday night. Dwight, um, okay, Stephen, who's our um, our children's pastor, yeah, he did Sunday night, which is awesome. I mean, it's uh, what a blessing this church has, right? To have so yeah. many people who are capable of yeah. preaching the God's word in uh, a, a relevant manner, it's great, yeah. And we actually showed a video before the sermons where you actually sort of walked the church through the different levels of sort of yep. um, leadership development we have. And that's it's pretty exciting to hear that we're taking it even a step further with some of these, yeah. you know, 
The newest um, thing that we're doing uh, is going to be, I, I think I use the language of single A, double A, triple A, just because I like baseball. And I was wondering, I was like, does everyone that, understand the I don't term know. farm system? I don't know. That's a Do you, really... Stephanie, is that a... Kyle had to explain it okay. all to me. Yeah, scratch. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I should have caught that. I was there with I, you, you know, filming so the, the que- video. The question ultimately becomes, how do you, you know, the challenge in church, church planting revitalization uh, and even pastoring is how do you find the gifted and capable and godly pastors to do, to do that? Yeah. Which is, so that's a recruitment problem. So how do we identify, recruit, train, and equip those people? So the earlier you can get them, the better. And this is why soccer teams and I mean those—that's what soccer teams and that's what uh, they're recruiting nine-year-olds teams and that's what you know baseball teams have and basketball teams. They've been doing this for years and years. Is recruiting with a view toward their first team, their their you know their senior team or their major league team. They've they've got their eye out always for like yeah nine-year-olds or. 12 year olds or something like that and um it's, it's just pretty in, it can be pretty evident when a Sidney Crosby is is making its way through the minor right, leagues right right and so i'm just using that imagery uh, because we face the same challenge we're looking to uh, revitalize and plant and replant churches all over the place um and the 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 you know the thin part of the funnel is is the leaders themselves, where do you get them? And so if we can start identifying them earlier, then we'll, we should have a, a plethora of them in 10 years, 20 years. And so that's what our single A, AA, AA, AAA is. It's a, what we call a farm system, okay? So we're going to try to yeah. identify people and try to plot them in at different stages of their development, either theologically or uh, based on their skill or whatever. And so the single A for us is the internship program, which Stephanie runs with a plum. Do you like that word? With the plum? Yeah. I don't even know what that means. I'm not should that old. A P L O M B. That's it. That should be word of the day. Okay. Skill. With the plum. With skill, oh, grace, well, thank you, Jeff. ability. So uh, the internship program is that. And so it's basically for people who want to kind of have their first step into ministry. Um, a lot of people who come in our internship program, Stephanie, don't they? They basically are just out of college oftentimes or just in college. and Yeah, kind of third, fourth year students. Right, and they're like, hey, I think I want to work in a church, but I'm not sure because I've never worked in a church before. And so it's ki- it kind of functions like a gap year or a, a cape and rate. You're like, I'm going to try it out yeah. type thing. And so they, they come and some of them are like, yeah, I don't ever want to do that again. Hey, that was me. Yeah. I was an intern 10 years ago. <laughs> Took me 10 years to come back. And then others are like, actually, I really I really have a heart for the local church. I mean, we started the program basically because we thought, man, one of the things that needs to happen among young adults is they need to gain a love for the local church. And we thought, you know, if you can get you to spend a year, even with all its warts and difficulties, we can spend, you, spend a year in the local church and see the heart of the people who are serving uh, – I think that you will find that this is, it's a really great place. And I think that generally happens. But since then, it's become a place where we've been able to find lots and lots of actually staff and other people who've got a real heart for ministry. Yeah. So that first level is there. The double A level for us is the, the Master of Divinity uh, program that we run called Immerse that uh, is a four-year program. And people get there. They come in and get a, a little bit of money, a stipend. And we pay for their school, and uh, the school is done basically in house. Yeah. So uh, it's it cool program. Still working out some of the kinks with it, but uh, it 
it's it's got a lot of potential, and we're getting. I think this year we might have our first uh, graduates. Yeah. So uh, excited about that level. Uh, some of those people are going to be equipped immediately to go pastor or plant or whatever. Mm-hmm. But church planting and revitalization <laughs> is a unique kind of pastoral work, and so we have found that uh, there needs to probably be a year residency type thing mm-hmm. where you come in, you kind of learn the DNA of our setting, and you learn about church planting, you learn about what that looks like. So we partner together with churches that have been planted and that are planting and with you know leaders who are doing that work, and we try to... Our plan is to... That's our AAA level. It's a, it's a one-year basically finishing school kind of thing where yeah. you come in and you do that work for a year, and then at the end of the year, you will be planting a church in whatever locale you feel. So that's where we're developing partnerships around the country with other like-minded churches to say, well, you know, Adam comes along and he wants to plant a church in pick a town. Now, go pick. Nanaimo. Nanaimo. So he wants to pick a church in Nanaimo. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of churches in Nanaimo that we can partner with. We have some, though, in Victoria. So we would we would partner with a church in Victoria, and you do you, you know you'd spend probably a good chunk of that year out there with them, and you would you know, develop a core team and that kind of thing, and then eventually go up to Nanaimo and plant after the year of being involved in our residency program, where mm. you'd come on site here uh, seven or eight weeks out of the year and do some training with us together with all the other. Uh, residents that we have around the country. So I hope that makes a little bit of sense. So it's a program that we've gonna, we're not just borrowing, we're, we're a partner with uh, Fellowship Associates, which is out of uh, the States, and they've been training uh, church planners for years using this program. So we're one of the networks that's going to be uh, using that. So we're super excited. We haven't started it yet. Super excited about that AAA level. And we, th- that's where we're going to start. You know, people in our church are going to see, you know, some of the guys who are going to come through, and they will be ready to go and pastor churches. Mm. We just had a meeting this morning. We were talking about how, in you know, in ten years' time, we think we could, we think we think we might be able to get fifty churches. That's that's actually a small number. We might get more, but we might have fifty fifty churches or hundred churches tied to, and that's in Canada, tied to. The kind of work that we're planning right now, yeah, just so cool. I'm so yeah. excited about it. It's great. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, one of the things I wanted to talk about today, and uh, we have been talking about it already this morning, is uh, you know, for those that don't know, I I've been working here for three months actually. Now I should probably have my three month review, Jeff. Am I still going to have a job? Next it depends month? on how things go with this next few minutes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, I will redirect everything I was about to say. No. <laughs> um, yeah. So as a communications director, which is a which is a new role for this church, um, I've come in from being a longtime member and attender and server and all these things within Northview to now being on staff and and trying to communicate the mission, vision, values, and all of these things. Um, both internally and externally to our our actual church community, but also the broader community. Um, it's a hard. That's hard to do. It is because it, it, sometimes it lacks clarity, even among ourselves. Yes. And so that's part and, of your and so, work. Yep. So what we're going to do for the next you know twenty minutes or so is is I'm just going to. Th- this is just my 
process of discovery and what I've been on for the last three months is trying to really uncover, you know, what is the DNA of Northview? What is the vision? What is the mission? What are we doing? Who are we as a church? What's our identity? And how do we communicate that to so that everyone can start speaking that same language and start to understand uh, their part to play or or how we fit or what we're called to do as as members or as visitors or as elders and 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 what are we what trajectory what trajectory are we on as disciples and what does that all mean so you know one of the things we've been talking about for the last few months and something that was sort of handed to me as I as I came on was well a few things we're we're building a building so you need to communicate that um and sort of present that this is what you were told this is what i was told we're building a building go and tell everyone about it and let's let's see this happen and so that was one of the big projects but also for me a bigger one was i I, i'm working with a team of of graphic designers and website and social media and video and photography and i'm and i'm trying to use all of these tools and all of these people and develop a team and and try to get all of us speaking the same language and communicating in the same style. And, but then it's like, okay, so what is that style? What is our voice? What are we trying to say as a church? And so that's the discovery process that I've been on. So, you know, in the context of that and, and it not being obvious, I wasn't given a manual or a handbook and saying, here's your guidelines. Here's our style guide. Here's our given a processes. Whiteboard. It's, it, it's like, yeah, yeah, you go. Good luck. And, uh, and so that's been interesting and fun. And the team that I'm working with has been phenomenal and been very patient with me as I discover that process. But, um, another thing. You're in a unique situation where you can ask questions from, from, from both sides. From like, uh, Hey, I didn't, I don't know what's going on here. So tell me. And I think the interesting thing is that I, I have, yes. And I think I have an intimate knowledge of of Northview, my my wife Bonnie is a is a children's pastor at East Abbotsford, so I know enough. I've been to certain meetings and think like I know more just you from not being on staff. Behind the curtain, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. So I know more than the average person probably, and now that I'm on staff, even more so. But I still, by not being on staff for so long, I still have this. You know, unique perspective like, yep, of being yep. like, what I'm hearing in our meetings on staff isn't necessarily what I was hearing for the last 10 years yeah, sitting, absolutely sitting in the yeah. in the pews or and in thus, the chairs. And thus your presence among us. Yes, <laughs> and trying to figure out, okay, so what are we actually, what, like, so talking to you, Jeff, about the vision and where we're going and it's a new year, what are what what is on the horizon? What are we doing with all these things? And then recognizing, okay, now how do we communicate that? Because it feels like, there's a bit of a disconnect from what has been communicated or maybe implicit, implicitly known, whereas I, I might have the perspective of like, I don't think that was implicitly known, maybe by some people, but not yep. everybody. So if, if our current vision statement that we've been using is we exist to make disciples through the multiplication of healthy local churches. Yep. I've been struggling with that, as you know, for the past yep. several months, because it feels like, and how it's been presented in our vision slots, that there's this very heavy emphasis on the multiplication, mm-hmm. specifically of churches and, yes, healthy local churches. But I've often found, okay, that's great, and I love that we're doing that. But for someone who's not actively involved in the church planting process, 
it's hard for my heart to be super invested and connected. And I might give a little, I might, I might be excited about it generally, but I still feel like there's something missing. And I think where you would come from is, is the emphasis on discipleship yeah. more so than the, the multiplication so of every, churches. Every word in that description is chosen carefully. And it's tried. It's it sums up a, a, f- a number of things. Mm-hmm. So we the the main the main phrase in our mission statement is we we make we, we exist to make disciples. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just that's the commission we ha- we have from Jesus. So that's the command. Uh, the question is, well, what what is wh- a disciple? Is a learner. Uh, it's it's a that I mean biblically, it's a disciple, somebody who chooses to follow Jesus, and is somebody who goes into lifelong school with him. So, and they're in the Jesus school, and they will get out of the Jesus school on the day they die. So we want to make disciples that have certain marks. So I, I say stuff in sermons like that. They're, they, they are professing, practicing, persevering followers yeah. of Jesus. Yeah. Um, so the word disciple needs to be explained that way. Uh, we, we exist to make disciples, and then there's a means by which we, we have identified that those disciples are going to ma- be made, and that's where we get the multiplication... Uh, so n- not just one, but many healthy local churches. So local churches in this, we're not talking about just the church generally. We're talking about actually churches that exist in, in communities around the world. And we believe that this is the key means by which God is going to make disciples in each in each region, in each mm-hmm. place, mm-hmm. is through a local church, but not any kind of local church, a healthy one. And you're like, uh, okay, but what... What what is healthy, and that's that's really the question you're asking. Yeah, is what what do you mean by healthy local church? What what makes a church a a healthy local church? And uh, yeah, there's certain marks of a healthy local church. I think you know there's lots of different people who write these things on um, you know nine marks ministries is one of them that has described what they think is a healthy local church. Uh, there are several others. Uh, our, our approach is pretty pretty simple. We, we want to be the very thing we're multiplying, right? A, a healthy local church that has certain marks. So yeah. a doctrinal fidelity is a mark of a healthy local church. You understand what I mean? Doctrinal fidelity. Fidelity is, means to remain true to something. Yeah. So we believe that uh, we want to be doctrinally true to Scripture. Mm-hmm. So a healthy local church has a high view of Scripture and believes in the historic doctrines of the church and believes holding those uh, close, near and dear to to the heart is important. We we believe that uh, salvation belongs to the Lord. That so we have a certain view about um, we call soteriology, the doctrine of salvation, that it's of grace alone and uh, not of works. Uh, so that that means I believe that the Protestant Church is healthier than the Roman Catholic Church <clears throat> because I hold that that particular viewpoint. And some Protestant churches are healthier than other Protestant churches because they believe in salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Um, other, so these are all doctrinal things. Uh, other local healthy marks, um, they have an out, healthy churches have an outward focus, meaning that they're not just concerned with what's going on between the walls, but they're always looking for how it is that they can impact their community. Uh, healthy churches engage their community, um, not just in word alone, but indeed, that we reach out into the, the community and uh, want to display uh, the good works that God is, is working in us through the power of His Spirit. Uh, I, think, I think healthy local churches are open to the work of the Holy Spirit. 
So I'm not getting into any debates about, you know, the signs and wonders stuff there. I just think that the, they they recognize the work of the Holy Spirit. I think that the healthy local churches are committed to prayer. They're committed to to the worship of the Lord, both in word and deed, uh, right? So not just in, in gathering here uh, every week, but also outside the worship is something that happens in the whole of life. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm giving you a list of several things that we say are healthy local church. There's more that we yeah. say. So... When we are going about our work at Northview, we are trying to create as healthy a local church as we possibly can, right? Yep. That has all those marks. So that when we multiply those healthy local churches, what we're trying to do is multiply what, what, we, what we're, we have here. So we take what we've got, because I don't want to copy something that's gross. Right? I'm going to copy a, a church that's really unhealthy in a particular area. That's not going to do anybody any good. So I hear sometimes some people say, well, why would we need other, you know, there are churches everywhere. There's churches all over the place. But my response is that there aren't healthy churches everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and by you, well, what do you mean by healthy? Well, the stuff I just said, <laughs> among other things, it's not uncommon for me to hear from people who've moved to another community and I get an email or a text message or hear through a grapevine that they can't find a church. Yeah. And they say, I, I would just wish we could, I wish we could find a a church like Northview, and they don't mean that you know Northview is the only church in the world by any means. But what they mean by that is that it has those marks, mm-hmm. it has a high view of Scripture, that believes in teaching that in the in the pulpit on the on the weekends, that you know has an engaging you know culturally engaging approach to ministry, that kind of stuff. Has a good podcast. Yeah, it's a great <laughs> podcast. That's not one of the marks, but anyway. <laughs> but like you understand. So yeah, go ahead. Well, okay. So one of the things I've I've brought up with you and with Ezra and with a few other leaders as well is that it I I've struggled with what has felt at times that when the vision specifically is brought up not in the Roman series or or typical just average preaching weekends but when vision is talked about it often feels like there's a real heavy emphasis on church planting and church multiplication. Yeah. And so when I hear that, and I so and when you say, like, can I just correct? Like, plant, I hope I hope it's it is. I hear church planting, but I want I want to add replanting and revitalization into yeah, that as well. There's many ways that to the, do that. The idea that that yes, we need more better churches. Yes, but how that has landed with me over the past several years is a bit of. Like, yes, that's great. I'm glad we're doing that. I'm glad we're going to be a five-talent church. I'm glad that we are multiplying. I, I really appreciate that I'm a part of a church that values that. But if that is the vision of our church and the mission of our church, from the day-to-day perspective, I'm not quite sure what my role in that is. Right. That's being done at a high-level leadership level, but yeah. I'm not sure what's being asked of me other than just giving of my money. And so that's sort of been my question for you and for some of the other pastors here is, is how do I, as the communications director, how do we as a church communicate not just that we want you on board with us to go plant churches, but you actually have a significant role to play just in living out right. your faith today. Right. And so I'm curious, so when you say make disciples, and if, if you're saying the emphasis should be make disciples, not the way so I've here, received it as m- planting churches, yep. what does a healthy disciple look like? What, right. what are you calling the people of Northview to Well, a healthy disciple be? is a person who embodies the stuff that I just talked about, a healthy 
LD Church, right? They have a high view of Scripture. They're people who are committed to, you know, living out their the implications of the gospel in word and deed. They're people who are open to the work of the Holy Spirit. So, it's just the, the, so I'm tying together healthy local church with healthy disciples. Um, that the question you're asking how do I was, join how, totally how the do mission? Become, how do I support the vision? How yeah, do I yeah. how how do the people of Northview get on board and say yes? I'm a part of this. I am on it, but. Yep. Is it just yeah, you become the only model, way I'm on it? Is you if become I'm, part of a church that it, you, when you say when you say that you you become the way you do this is that you 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 are the model that we are trying to uh, to multiply. So mm-hmm. what what is that? Well, we believe that the way you, you you're a disciple. Well, what? How do I be a disciple at Northview? Uh, easy. Uh, it's not easy, but it's it's, sim- it's a simple idea. We believe that you should be involved in three kinds of things. One, we think that you should be involved in the local church, attending the local church on on the weekends. We believe that's one of the chief ways that you're going to be discipled, actually, is through the preaching of the Word on the weekends. We put a lot of time and energy into what is being delivered to you through the pulpit ministry of the church. Uh, We have lots of reasons for that. We have a high view of Scripture. We also believe that this is what the church has done for centuries. So our our chief program is the program that Jesus that that the early church seems to have instituted, which is they gathered together to hear the apostles' teaching. Hmm. Okay. Yep. So we believe that that is a fundamental part. Number one. Uh, so come to church as often as you can on a Sunday or Saturday or whatever the weekend day when the church gathers the corporate corporately worship with all different people who aren't like you. Second. We believe that you should be involved in some kind of community, uh, and by that I mean some some people are going to need to have some formal means by which they take part in community. By community, I, I mean uh, brothers and sisters in Christ getting to know each other, encouraging each other in the faith. So uh, some people need a formal thing. So some people will will be involved in a community group that is uh, going through the sermon series. Other people are like, actually, I'm I'm. You know, I want to be involved in a women's Bible study that is studying this particular book. Cool. That's great. You're going to sit around a table. There's going to be a level of community and a sharing your hearts with one another as you study God's Word together. Other people are going to say, I want to be part of a, the theology class that happens on Thursday mornings. And, you know, cool. Come along to that sort of thing. All of these things fit within the wider framework of a, of a community group. You're developing community. The goal isn't the group, though. The goal is the community that is developed by the group. You're trying to... And some people, Adam, you and I were just talking over lunch, that some people are in a place in their lives right now where it's really hard for them to have that kind of community. I mean, you have three kids, right? Well, so that's... I guess that's... This is what I said during lunch, is like it's. it, it feels like a breath, a breath a breath of fresh air for someone like me to hear. And and it's, it's amazing that I'm only hearing that now, but like the the way it feels like it's been presented in, in the past or in the past number of years, maybe it's just the way I'm hearing it or the way I've taken it, is that whenever there's an opportunity presented by Northview to be involved on a, in a certain thing, whether it's like, you know, community groups are one of yeah, those big things. Like things we have, on. like community groups are big. We want everyone to be in a community group. Like to me, that's received as like, okay, like I need to be in a community group. And that's, 
and for a season, six years ago, I got in, I got in one and it was amazing. It was incredible. Yep. It, I built a really strong group of community, but after five years of now having three kids and all of us having multiple kids and it's just like, mm-hmm. everyone's so, just exhausted, but then it's like, okay, but then I'm doing, I know I need to be serving. So I'm also doing <laughs> Thursday night high school. Yep. And, and so all of these things, and then it's the, you know, all of these other events right. and Bible studies and conferences and parenting classes and all of these things where I'm like, oh, yes, this is great. I'm going to try and make that. And, 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 and Bonnie, can we get childcare for this one? And we got to do this one. Yeah, but you can feel exhausted. Oh, there's a, there's a thing on the same, during the same week as our community group, but we, we, we value community group, but we also want to go to this thing. And So I want to talk about that. In just a second, let me finish just for the sake of the... Just to finish that story, it led to essentially church burnout where at the beginning or sometime last year, Bonnie and I just said, I think we're just going to pull back from everything. (laughs) She's continuing to do precept. And that's another thing, we were doing Bible study. Yeah, totally. And she was finding, like you said, like she was finding her community and her growth and her her things through that. And actually several people in our community group said the same thing. They were going to these new women's Wednesday night Bible studies or men's Wednesday night saying, this is incredible, but we can't do it all. No, you can't. And so that's, this is my point. So I said there are three things that we want to be involved in. The weekend services. The second thing is community. And that can be formally done. It can be informally done. I was telling you that, you know, there you might, you might be a stage of life when you are getting together with friends uh, over dinner because it's all you can do and your kids are playing in the other room. And it, what it's going to mean is probably a 30-minute just you guys are going to sit around the table eventually while they're they're not beating the snot out of each other in the other room and it's just talking to each other about you know what's going on with your life with the lord so it's not formal it's just what you do normally is having people over and spending time with them brothers and sisters in Christ by the way those are the people in your life who will be there when something really goes wrong with you so it's it's like a community group which is what what will happen, you know, if you spend a lot of time in a community group, those people will be part of your life when things go yeah. wrong. But it's not doesn't need to be as formalized. Yeah. I just want to throw in, as a single in the church, um, the people that I spent Christmas with were people that I had served in children's ministry yeah. with and in my community group and on music teams. So, yes, the community group is great, but I found community through serving oh, yeah. as well. So that's the third piece. Thank you for the segue. Uh, the third piece is serving. Now, you have to understand when I'm saying serving, though, one of the things I make real clear in a lot of our member classes is that we don't, at, at Northview, we don't expect you to serve necessarily in the church. We have a lot of needs for service. We need children's ministry. We need people who can uh, be ushers. We need people who work in the kitchen. We need to have people who are doing uh, a myriad of other things. For weekend services during the week, there's all sorts of ways you can serve here. So if you're interested in doing that, it's awesome. You know, We have these little serve cards that sign you should sign up to but we mean that and the fact that lots and lots of people are involved serving in the communities there's i know people in our in our church who are actively involved in uh you know refereeing basketball games or stuff uh, i know people who are actively involved in coaching uh, uh um another sport i know people who are who are uh, doing dance classes and and serving in the, in that way, you know, like leading the kids. I remember telling a story once about how I was, was coaching, helped coaching a soccer team years ago now, and I looked around the field. It was, it was, the rain was coming sideways in the middle of, I think it was January or February, and I looked around the field, and I knew every one of the other coaches. They were all from Northview. And I was th- thinking to myself, now, this is amazing. So the, a good chunk of the of this age group in the soccer community in the city of Abbotsford 
is being led by Christian men who are volunteering their time to both care for their kids and all these other kids. Now, that's service. And I don't want them to come to Northview now and to feel like, well, man, what I'm doing is like second tier because I could be at Northview advancing the slides. That, that's a ridiculous. You, you are serving in that, in that particular area. So if I'm making sense, it, you should be hearing me say that we, we want you to serve as part of what it means to follow Jesus. And that service can be in the church, it can be outside the church, it can be in a, a myriad of places. We want you to bring uh, the, the goodness of Jesus with you, to be the aroma of Christ, whether it's here or somewhere else, in a significant way. That piece in, in particular is really what we're looking for when we're talking about a healthy local church that's reaching out into its community, right? So because so a guy came up to me a while ago and he said, I, I, uh, like, don't you believe in, in you know, reaching the poor? Like you're so focused on church planting, why? Why you don't you believe in reaching the poor or helping the poor and and societal ills? And I I said, yeah, I absolutely believe it through through church through church planting, because what happens when a healthy local church shows up in a community and and people are discipled, p- disciples necessarily go out and embody the 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 leader they're following. Jesus, right? And they go out into the community, and they see the needs in the community, start to address them. Maybe not all of them, because they're human, but they start saying, oh, you know what, there's this homeless population over here, I'm going to be a part of it. Which, by the way, you know, like Northview's got people who are actively involved in serving in the homeless population, yeah. it, it, right? It, so we as a church, people say, oh, well, you, are you guys aren't, what, why aren't you, you know, formally doing this as a church? And I always want to say, well, we, we are, but it's just not formal. The people who are being equipped with the gospel here are taking that, and they're, the implication of the gospel are working itself out in the way that they love the homeless population, or love the, the the refugees, or love the poor and disenfranchised, or how they serve in the food bank, or whatever. Um, that's what we're talking about when we say we want to multiply that kind of church, one that is you know robustly biblical, and where people are being discipled, that they're coming to weekend services. But they're also in community with each other, with brothers and sisters in Christ, and then that's reaching out. They're also reaching out into the community and serving actively. So those disciples are being made here, and we want to multiply that whole thing and drop it in Kelowna. We want to drop it in Nanaimo. We want to drop it in, you know, wherever Regina. We want to, wherever we want to drop it all over the country. So what? How can you add to it by being a part of this local expression of the thing we're trying to multiply? being an active part of what I just described. Yeah, and so I guess that's the, that I feel like that's how I'm wrestling with now of like, yes, this sounds revolutionary, even though it's not <laughs> at all, but like it sounds revolutionary in the way that we talk about it because I feel like it's not typically the way we or I have grown up understanding church or what the greater society or culture or city understands of a church because we are judged by do you have a homeless ministry or are people being able to serve different you know groups of the population through uh you know a formal ministry and there might we might have some of those things Uh, there might be special needs in the community that require you know a homeless we so we partner with you know in as much our salvation army uh, who does a lot of work in there. So we do give f- financial support and things like that. But the bulk of the work that Northview does in the community is done through Christian people. That's, yeah. that's the way it should and, be, the reaching out into the community and having a significant imp- impact into the 
into the community. So I don't like it when people say to me, oh, Northeast is big church and they're having no impact. Uh, really? Right. And and so that's... Like go to the soccer field that I was on then right. and explain and to me why that's the case. That's That's been my my struggle and even thinking about, you know, church multiplication or even the church building. Like why? Because a lot of people still say in our church, why do we need a building? Why are we spending $15 million or however much on a building when that could go to other places or can't we make do? There's And we have very good reasons and we have lots of great reasons that we've talked about endlessly. But, but one of those, like so badly a part of my position is like as we talk about church planning is really just emphasizing so much those things that aren't readily apparent on our spreadsheets or on our AGM updates of the implications of what happens when people are changed by the gospel and are living it out in their communities through the way they live their lives, through their passions, through you know, serving their local schools, ser- serving their, like, and, and being able to, like, what I am super passionate about and trying to figure out how can we do this is figuring out how can we communicate to everyone in this church that might not be super, like, I, I feel like in a church of 5,000, there's bound to be a lot of people here who are coming for one reason or the other. They like the music or they like the kids' ministry, they like the preaching, but they still might be skeptical of like, I, yeah, they're great, but I'm not bought into their vision. They're just a big church and I enjoy the music or the, the, the greater community where I still talk to friends or people I know who, like you said, have these critiques or criticisms of Northview. And so badly, I just want to be like, no, but you don't understand. Like when people are changed by the gospel, there's beautiful things that happen. But then also, even for people like me, who's grown up for at least for the last 10 or 11 years in this church to have this shift of like, but it's also not that I need to be involved. I don't know when this got into my head that I had to be involved in every opportunity here or to be, I've done all the classes I've done. And every time there's a new thing or a new event or a new service, it's like, yeah, I guess I got to go. Like that must be, (laughs) that must be how I become a better disciple. Well, and it's hard. I mean, in smaller you know, churches, uh, what happens is that they they do a f- fewer programs, oftentimes because they just have fewer pastors and fewer uh, people who've got a heart to do those particular programs. Uh, and so, people who grew up in a smaller church are like, "Yeah, so I I go to church, and there's like three community groups in our church, and that's that's what we do, right?" Mm-hmm. So they come to a place like Northview, and it feels like a mall. Because they're like, oh my goodness, look at all the choices, and everything's broken down into age-based ministries and stuff. And we don't want it to be a mall. We want to be focused on the three things that I just told you about. It's just that uh, there are there are variations to what community looks like here, to what community groups look like. But you, the idea, if you feel like you have to be involved in a community group and the Bible study and the theology class. And if you miss out on one of those, you're not actually, you know, going a good disciple of Jesus. Man, I got to tell you that I don't, I'm actually fearful for you because I worry that you're actually going to be really tired and you're, ta- you're taking so much time in building yourself up that you're not expressing it out. Do you know what I mean? You're not doing that third part of service out in the community or doing something that yeah. actually is yeah. is a significant output. Well, an outcry, like something that came out of the fact that I scaled back a community group and a Bible study, and I was like, wow, what do I do with all this free time that I have now? Well, now I am coaching an AIA basketball yeah, gym good. and actually sharing the gospel with kids yeah. from the community. Yeah. 
And that's something I would have never had time for because then, right. then I'm busy four nights of the week and I never see my kids. Right. Yeah. And God, so, God is not impressed with how busy we are for him. He's not. Um, and the truth is sometimes the things we do, the programs themselves can get in the way. They're, done, they're never intended to do that. They're, they're intended to help. Every pastor who puts on every program is trying to help you be a disciple of Jesus. But you and I need to understand the framework to say that, look, there really are, as a church, we're trying to achieve three things. We want you, like I said, we want you to be part of the corporate worship of the church. Uh, we believe that there's actually, a, I mean, Ephesians 3, there's essentially a, a, a characteristic of the corporate worship of the church that actually gives testimony to the angels. So you should come to church on the weekend. Um, on top of that, you should be you should be in some form of community, and finally, you should be uh, serving somewhere. You know, right? Head, hands, and heart is the language that sometimes is used for those sorts of things. We want you to be a fully orb disciple of Jesus in that regard. By the way, this is it's funny you brought up some of the stuff about how the gospel makes an impact in people's lives. You know, one of the famous passages is in Ephesians two talks about the gospel, right? Where grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it's the gift of God, not a result of work, so that no one will boast. For we are God's workmanship. This is the interesting part about it, right? So you come to faith uh, only, only through grace, it's not a result of works, but we are God's workmanship. That's a word, Greek word poema, which sounds like poem, because that's where we get the word from. Right? So some people use the language masterpiece. I don't know if that's the best way to say it, but basically work of art. Uh, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. This is a great passage trying to describe. So this is what happens, that you get saved, the gospel has an impact in your life, and what's the impact? Uh, well, you are God's workmanship, meaning that he is writing a poem out of you now, or creating a sculpture, a great sculpture of his grace. And uh, you are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for a purpose. What? Good works. That God has prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. So in other words, that all the things that are around you right now, all the opportunities that exist there, God has actually prepared beforehand that you walk walk in those, those good works. And so it's supposed to have an outgrowth. And this is this to me is the design of the local. This is why the local church is so paramount and important for what's going on in the world today. If you want to reach a community, yes, you can go in and 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 build a well. And that might be the first thing that you do. And that's, that's fantastic. But if you really want to have an impact in that community over the long haul, that well should lead to somehow being a, a local church being planted so that the local church then can be serving through the giving of water and the giving of the water of life. Like that? That's yes. a preacher's turn yes. right there. Do you understand? So like ultimately, ultimately, communities, so what, well, what difference does it make the water of life? Well, it's going to actually lead to people, the gospel hitting people, and then they will be Christ's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. What kind of good works? Well, they're going to address the problems of the, the, the widow and orphan in their community, and they're going to start reaching out you know, with their money and their time and their talents into that community, and then we want to plant another one of those and another... T- <laughs> so you can see how this can end up having yeah. an impact all around the world. Yeah. So I had this thought uh, the other day as I was thinking about some of this stuff, and uh, I wanted to ask you... Uh, I'll ask you this question. Let's say someone like me who has three young kids and struggles to find time for extracurriculars. Want to spend time with my family, want to be there for dinners and all these things. But there's still other things in my life that I'm still passionate about, whether that's sports or whether that's 
for me, uh, I'm an avid movie buff and I rarely get out to see movies anymore or these other things. By the way, did you know that there's this deal in in the States, Regal Cinemas, 21 bucks a month and you can go, to, it's unlimited movie pass. You can and, go to the movies and anytime you want. I probably would only see one. So can I'm you imagine that? 20 bucks for Isn't one Isn't that movie. amazing? Yeah, what there's the other one, the to, movie pass. It was like eight bucks or something, and it was You could just similar. see anytime yeah, you want. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so I had this I had this interesting thought, because it actually sparked by part of our discussions over the last few months in reading the book Saturate, where they talk a lot about these missional communities and, and being on mission together um, outside of the, the weekend services. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool, because um, my other job that I'm coming from was in downtown Abbotsford, right across the street from Boardwalk Cafe and Games, which is a pretty cool it is. board game cafe. And I thought, so are we saying then that if there were, you know, four people in our church that love playing board games together, but mm. they found, you know what, we just, we can never find time to do it because we have a community group and we have a Bible study and, you know, then we're just family time. So it just doesn't happen. Maybe twice a year we get together to play board games. Are you saying then that the Church of Northview and you would be supportive of those four people being like, what if we just went to Boardwalk Cafe and Games every week or every other week and bought like two or three tables like, and just the people that came in, we just sat down and said, hey, can we join in in your game? Let's play some games together or this table's on us. We're paying your cover. And they just started to develop a community of Yahtzee. We we play these <laughs> games together and we start to get to know some yeah. of these people and we just build community that way. Like is that something that of course. we see as like that is of course what it means to be on mission. Yeah. That's exactly what God, it means to be on mission. As in like God has given you these passions or these yeah. things that excite you and those are an open door to share the gospel with people who have a similar right, and the I mean, it's not it's it it, it should be certainly could be out, outward facing and is oftentimes, and sometimes it's it's just you, you by playing board games you become dear friends with the people that you're you're with as you know it's n- not everything we do as Christians is intentional spiritual community. I think that's something that needs to be noted here, right? I mean, like we Christians need to be way better. We've been so so. We so bought into the secular age, meaning that uh, you're not allowed to talk about God's stuff outside the walls of a church or your home, like the public square, and by that I mean like anywhere else in the community. You're not not supposed to talk about it in secular Canada, and that's so stupid. Like, why? And so as a result, we kind of play our part and be like, well, we don't really want to mention God out here in the... At the boardwalk cafe, you know, because what would somebody think if I'm eating my McDonald's hamburger and I'm sitting here and start asking my friend who's also a Christian, what do you, how, what's God doing in your life? It's just the weirdest question for people here. And is it like where, why? So we need to get to the point where we involve in all of our conversations just the presence of God is something that we freely talk about the Seahawks or the Canucks or the you know, maple leafs or whatever. We freely talk about all of those things, sports. We Christians should freely talk about Jesus and what he's doing in our lives and Mm. the challenge that we're having with a particular passage of scripture or whether or not this theological idea is one that they should, I should adhere to and how should I think about this and what do you think? And this is part of what it means to, to be a community together, right? So my dream is actually that we get so adept at this, that of spiritual conversation that we would never need to formalize any community groups because every time we see each other, 
you know, for dinner or whatever. We're actually having intentional spiritual community. So why would we need to formalize stuff like that, except for the sake of mission? And by mission, I mean like, well, why don't four of us who really like board games get together and have a view for the outside, or these six people who really want to be committed to the baseball in the community get together and start praying for the baseball community in the area and say we're going to serve at the at the you know food hut between you know during that game and we're just going to cover the food hut, <laughs> you know, as a service to this. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So. I, I know we're not there yet, and I know we probably might never be there. And we probably there is a value in formal community events like like community groups, and that's awesome. We should do those, but uh, let's not leave behind the idea that the goal is ultimately to have spiritual conversation be a part of what it is that we do as Christians, where we encourage each other daily. Yeah, as long as it's called today. So you've heard it here, folks, that when Northy puts on events. You don't need to ministry. come. Is that well, what we just said? Well, no, it, it's, it's, no, I think what it means is there, you know, for a, a, a church of 5,000 people, when we put on a Tire certain Pastel event. staff is going to like recoil. Right? Oh, what I is know. he doing? <laughs> yeah. But that there are, I think for me even, feeling at, at times like I had to attend everything and go to everything and sign up for every class to know that that class isn't there because they want everyone to be there of these 5,000 people. It's there because there are we want a help handful be or a dozen or a couple dozen or 50 or 100 mm-hmm. people who are in a particular stage of yep. life or a particular point in their uh, journey of faith where they need something like this or they're meeting a certain right. need or addressing a certain thing. And that doesn't necessarily mean it has yep. to be the thing that you have to attend every time. Totally. And there's some stuff, I do want to make it clear, there's some stuff that is really hard to do just inorganically, or, or sorry, organically, where you just kind of meet together. It's like, so theological education is one of those. Like, if you're going to learn the doctrines of the church, it's going to be really hard. You know, you're not going to probably have a deep conversation about Christology with somebody who knows what they're talking about. So that's part of the reason the church, we end up having theology classes, or we end up having courses that do deal with those sorts of issues and stuff. So some of that stuff is going to be far more, you're going to, you know, so we as a church, we want to offer that kind of stuff because we don't think you should have to go somewhere else besides the local church to learn about God. So um, we, we want to be a part of that. But you're absolutely right in saying that we, but we will always, because we're a large church, we will always be offering lots of stuff. You don't need to feel obligated to go to every one of the things that's there. You need to look at your stage in life. You need to recognize... Like, are these three pieces evident in my life right now? One, am I gathering gathering together in the corporate gathering? Two, am I in a place where I am able to process stuff that's going on and I'm forming a community of loving Christian brothers and sisters? And third, am I serving somewhere in my in my community or in the church in a in a in a way that is is using my gifts to edify both Christ people and to reach out into the community at large? If you can say, I've got head, hand, and hearts, heart being developed, yep, that's what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. Hold on, Stephanie. And fourth, are you listening to the podcast? Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> well, no, there actually. Is, the, is that the fourth one? <laughs> I think the fourth one's giving. Yours. Isn't oh, it? Isn't yeah, that what yeah, they want to say? Yeah, okay. Also, you should give. Yeah. Um, I just thought this would be a great time to do a plug for our Bible studies. If you are looking for a way to get involved and um, 
join a Bible study. They start up next week. You know, I had a wonderful discussion with some friends, uh, actually from... Community groups do too, right? So all the community... We do all our community groups and Bible studies work on a 10-week term. And so we start our winter quarter, winter trimester, whatever, Mm -hmm. uh, in next week. Yep. So if you want to sign up for any of that stuff... You can go online. It's all at northview.org. So so here's the thing, right? Like there's an emphasis on community. I I think what I what needs to be shared and what needs to be said. Cause I, I didn't have this knowledge or assumption when I was doing community group and there's this, we talk about it. We need to be involved in community. To me, I assumed that meant I needed to be involved in a community group, but I also had a desire to be involved in a Bible study, my wife as well. And then it's like, man, we are just getting overwhelmed. What you need to know and what I've learned from everyone that I talk to who's in a Bible study at one of Northview's Bible studies mm-hmm. is that there is such a strong sense of community yeah. and that you do get to know the people well, at the table. they're done around tables, yeah. Yeah, they're often done at around tables. There is prayer time and you get to know people on an intimate level yeah. while at the same time studying the, the Bible yeah. deeply. And so that's where it I had to come to that realization that like, oh, I'm not giving up community to go study the Bible. I'm just finding community in a different environment and we're studying the Bible. Even though we study the Bible at community group, it's just different. So it's not, you have to do both or you have, you can only do Bible study if you've, it's, yes, you can find community at Bible study. And we... True that. Mm -hmm. Yes. And make sure you're uh, also listening to podcasts or else you're not a good Christian. That's all the time we have. <laughs> no, that's not true. But uh, wow. yeah, thanks for being here. Uh, next week, we hope to do... You, see, you showed up to the church and you immediately went to the uh, to the spiritual persuasion there, didn't you? I think the, he just failed his three-month evaluation. The, like, oh, look, I, could, you, I can actually use these spiritual reasons to try to get people to do what I want. Look at that. <laughs> It was very clever. If you if you if you play this, there's a lot. If you play this extra podcast backwards, you hear a lot of interesting <laughs> plugs for. You must join community group. You must listen to my, no. Uh, there's a lot of things you can do with technology. Uh, thanks for being here. Next week, we hope to have an interview with the newest campus pastor yeah, of Northview, Jesse Schellenberg, who has just started up at Mission. So stay tuned for that. But thanks for being with us. Have a good week. Bye. For more information about what's going on at Northview, check out northview.org.